Thanks for tuning into this podcast from KYMN Radio. You can find more of them like it on our website, kymnradio.net, or wherever you get your podcast. Simply search the KYMN Radio Podcast. Never backing down and finding strength in every obstacle. That's what we do every day and at every game. The Minnesota Twins are back at Target Field. Don't miss a pitch, hit, or run this 2021 season. Find the action at twinsbaseball.com slash tickets. Limited seats available. If you're looking for the best barbecue ribs, roasted chicken, or flame-broiled burgers, look no further than the Quarterback Club in Northfield. The Quarterback Club offers a great menu with many delicious options. Be sure to take advantage of their daily specials. Today, Tuesday, is a hot beef commercial, including mashed potatoes, gravy, and vegetable. There is a different special every day, always available for dine-in or take-out. For good food, good service, and good friends, it's the Quarterback Club in Northfield. Crazy Days is back this Thursday in downtown Northfield. The crazy sales begin at 7 a.m. Come on downtown and take advantage of the fantastic bargains offered by our local retailers. They'll be setting up their merchandise on the sidewalks throughout downtown, offering crazy deals and incredibly reduced prices. So this Thursday, put on your sunscreen and stroll beautiful downtown Northfield from 7 a.m. until 5 p.m., where you'll find fabulous food and incredible retail bargains. It's Crazy Days this Thursday in downtown Northfield. Welcome to Chamber Chat, a monthly look at the Northfield business community sponsored by the Northfield Area Chamber of Commerce. Today's guest is the broker, owner, and founder of Professional Pride Realty, Pete Mergens. And here is your host, the president of the Northfield Area Chamber of Commerce, Lisa Peterson. Professional Pride Realty is a company founded on the old-fashioned ideas of honesty and integrity. Those ideas mean a lot to Professional Pride's broker, owner, and founder, Pete Mergens, because they are the values instilled in him by his father. Coming up as a young salesman in the company run by his dad, Pete learned that no fancy sales tactic or new sales strategy works as well as a handshake and a cup of coffee. He is an old school salesman who believes in order to do effective business with someone, you have to earn their trust, develop a relationship with that person, and treat everybody the same. Pete became a realtor after a friend suggested he might enjoy the business. He was very successful in his tenure at Adina Realty, but when the real estate market collapsed and the Great Recession hit in 2008, he decided it was time to strike out on his own. He had no intention of starting a company, thinking that Professional Pride Realty would be a one-person shop. But when five of his former colleagues approached him to see if they could work for him, his plans changed. More than 10 years later, Professional Pride Realty has a staff of 10 people, including himself and six other realtors and office personnel. Each employee was handpicked by Pete himself for their ability to not just sell houses, but to do it the right way and live up to the standards that he has set for his company. Today, we'll talk to Pete about the lessons he learned from his father, the challenges of starting a real estate company in a terrible real estate economy, and why he feels Northfield is the perfect place for his company to do business.
Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Chamber Chat. I'm Lisa Peterson, and we are on 95.1 FM, KYMN Radio. (laughs) It's a mouthful sometimes. The one. The one. The one. I like the way you say it. You've got a good radio voice. The one. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Rich Larson. I'm Lisa's sidekick. Yes, and yeah. today, like I said, we have Pete Mergens, a professional pride realty, one of my dear, dear friends. Thank you, Lisa. Appreciate being here. So excited. Pete and I were talking before the show, and it's just like, we just are going to have a conversation today. Well, that's exactly right. super easy. That's exactly what we're looking <laughs> for, right? Not bad when I have uh, people that I, I like and trust, and, and uh, it's pretty easy. It is. It is. Well, let's get started here. I want to just jump right in with some of your early years, and I want to know about King's Footsie. Let's talk about that a little bit. <laughs> well, uh, so yeah, that's going back a long way for, for my father, actually. My dad uh, was a young designer uh, at a company called Reynolds Geyer Designers. And uh, his group of designers created uh, a concept uh, called King's Footsie, which uh, the owner of the company later sold to Mattel. And it became, of course, what everyone knows as Twister. So your dad invented Twister. Well, I would love to say that my dad invented it, but uh, the, the group uh, as a whole came up with the concept. we, we, we got to talk about your storytelling skills, Pete, because it's, <laughs> yes. Yes, my dad invented Twister. Well, Indeed. here's the deal. If that was true, I'd probably be uh, have dollar bills floating out of my pocket right That's now. True. But, but no, unfortunately, he was just a paid employee, uh, but uh, a, a pretty big uh, accomplishment for a company uh, in St. Paul. And uh, my dad was the uh, worked his way up from designer to uh, vice president and then president. He spent 44 years. Uh, working for that company uh, and was the president, I think, the last 20 or 22 years uh, of that time. And so, um, you know, as a, the youngest of four, I yeah. would uh, uh, see dad come home at uh, six o'clock at night because that's when life was like that, where you were right. home by five or six every night. <laughs> and uh, he was days. just dad. <laughs> yeah, he was just dad. I didn't know him as anything else mm-hmm. other than that until I was really of the age that I could work. And then we would, uh, as kids, um, during Christmas break or any type of uh, spring break, you would go work at uh, the company in the production plant um, to earn a little extra money. And then I kind of started to see what he did a little bit. And then uh, later on after high school, I actually went to work for my dad. Um, and, uh, not because I didn't have any other plans or anything of that nature, but my dad actually asked me if I would, uh, consider coming to work there because he needed, uh, someone he could trust, um, to plug into a, a position there as an estimator. And so I kind of weighed my options and I went that route, but I learned a lot in that process of, uh, you know, um, going to work for my father. Mm-hmm. I was uh, treated a lot differently um, and not like some might think. Uh, it was a difficult <laughs> position to be in because I was held to a much higher standard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I learned uh, very quickly the respect that my dad had garnered uh, from his employees and the people that uh, worked for the company because he was just a really good people person. Sure. He is. He, my father's still alive. He lives 
down in Florida. Fantastic. And, uh, but I, you know, even after that time, I would uh, go home uh, at the end of the day, and uh, I was still living at home for a short period of time after high school. And you know, uh, he was still dad at uh, six o'clock at night. Like he was just extremely good at putting the tremendous amount of stress that he was under uh, aside, and um, you know, just being a good father. So there were a lot of life life lessons that I uh, learned in that time working for my dad. So I worked for him for about 10 years yeah. uh, right after high school. Nice. That's great. Yeah. You know, I, I, I worked for my dad for 10 years out of, uh, right out of college. And, and you talk about the, the, my, my dad was a sales rep, uh, in the building materials industry. And you talk about, um, the, the respect that your father has in, in his business. It can be eye opening. Mm-hmm. Like, as a son, right. You, 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 you walk into this uh, position and you think, well, it's dad and you know, you got your ups and downs with your dad, right? But but to see all these people talk these, this way about you, I mean, it can. As a son, it's um, it's it's a really rewarding experience to see that. I think it 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 definitely was. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, I look back on it now and and fully realize um, uh, to come full circle that the, the success that I have today and right. how I develop relationships with people in my clients and how I run my business is directly related to what I learned from my father. Indeed. I think what what it does as as a kid, because I'm also a kid that grew up in a family business, yeah. is it just shows you that work ethic. Like you have to work at your business mm-hmm. and be dedicated to it, but you can also be a good family person, family man, yes, family you woman. You know, you can you can do both. You can have it both and. Yep, and that's the like I said, the biggest thing that I learned through the whole process was. Um, my, my dad just, uh, is and was an exceptional father from that perspective. I mean, he just, uh, came home and he took the work hat off and put the, uh, father hat on. And I'm very fortunate. Both my mom and dad are still alive and, and, uh, they were just very influential on my life. Did you call him dad when you were at work or did you have to call no, him I, by his name? I called him, uh, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry? Uh, yeah. Did, Rich? Yeah. Actually, I would, I would, uh, call my dad Rube. And he would look at me and say, "No, you call me dad." Yeah, I would. I would just call my dad dad because I thought yeah. it was like it was too weird. <laughs> yeah, no, it uh, it was a a really great experience that I look back on fondly. Uh, you know, I do have. I think Lisa, I've shown it to to you. I have a picture of my dad actually with all his coworkers on the Twister game hmm. or the King's Footsie game right. uh, that they pulled out at a Christmas party and. Uh, um, so, you know, I, I keep, um, uh, some of his memorabilia in my office to remind me of, of, of what it means. Yeah. Nice. Great. So. Well, let's talk about your start in real estate. How did that come? Boy, that about? is a good one. Cause yes. I never thought in a million years that I would be a realtor. <laughs> I had no desire whatsoever to, uh, to be a realtor. It just uh, worked out that way. I had a, another friend in the, in the business or someone that befriended me and he would often say, gosh, you should, you should get in this business. You do really well. And I always laughed at him and said, not, not in a million years. And, um, uh, eventually I sold my house when we moved down to Northfield, uh, 20 years ago, I sold my house, uh, um, by for, for sale by owner, um, because I was darned if I was going to, you know, pay one of those people that kind of money, uh, to do this. Cause I'm a salesman and I can do this. And, uh, what I realized along the way is, 
I, I met a lot of different people and some that actually confirmed my suspicion about uh, realtors. And then I would meet a very select one or two people that I would think, wow, you know, there's somebody that I would absolutely trust to do this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it caused me to realize, well, I could do this. Why, you know, why can't I um, just be a good, honest person and, and advocate for uh, consumers? And so I'm very fortunate because I have an incredible wife that uh, is uh, very supportive of me. And so after we moved down here, I said, hey, gosh, maybe uh, maybe I should go to real estate school. Would you mind if uh, I just put all our life on hold and, <laughs> and, and tried something different? And, and she, you know, again, very supportive. Mm-hmm. And, and so I did it. And I went to uh, ProSource uh, at the time was the uh, real estate provider. I think they've been sold off since and it's something else. But uh, up in Bloomington and I was able to go uh, 90 days uh or not 90 days, I think it's 60 days roughly. If you go every day, you can end up with your, uh, at least enough to go take the tests. And uh, I did and was very successful at that. And just like that, I was a realtor. And then uh, you have to decide where you want to work, who mm-hmm. you'd like to hold your license. Mm-hmm. And we had some very good real estate companies in town. And uh, I interviewed at all of them and um, ended up at Edina Realty in town. Did you get to make the choice, or did uh, did the choice make you? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I just felt something I really enjoyed. Actually, one of my uh, uh, nicest uh, people I, I ever uh, uh, met um, was probably at uh, was Millie Berg, who uh, Millie's gone now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she passed away a couple of years ago, but just a really great uh, broker over at Caldwell Banker and <clears throat> ended up being a longtime friend. I, I really liked her and wanted to go there, but ended up going over to Edina because uh, it was just a different atmosphere. Edina was the new company in town, and and um, but I always had a, a wonderful, long-standing relationship with Millie until her passing. So That's great. So really, there's a, a strong brotherhood uh, of realtors, even though we all compete um, uh, you know, for the same business in town, most of the realtors all get along very well. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's, there's a lot of wonderful people in this town and some very good companies as well. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to start professional pride realty? <clears throat> well, um, I, boy, that's a, that's a tough one because <laughs> I don't have a great answer for you other than I just realized that, um, people were buying from me and not the brokerage that I worked for. And at the time, there was a 20 years ago a real strong transition in the marketplace where a lot of very big companies, the way they get bigger is they uh, buy out or overtake or bring on agents from other companies. And, and uh, so at the time, it was all about uh, what the company stood for, which it's no different today. But but the, the business of uh, real estate brokerages is about... Uh, you know, the agent makes the majority of the money, right? So and from a business platform, from a brokerage standpoint, you want to employ as many agents as you can because that's how you as a brokerage make more money. Um, the broker is responsible for all of those agents and uh, monetarily responsible. If the, you get hauled into court or that agent gets hauled into court, it's the broker that is equally and more responsible for that agent. So... Um, you know, the more people that uh, a brokerage employs, the more successful they are. <clears throat> um, 
So, but for me, I realized that uh, when you have a lot of agents working in one location, you didn't all necessarily be on the same page in terms of how you wanted your uh, people to be treated. Uh, so, you know, for me, it just was a realization that, uh, you know, I, I've always been a little stubborn. I hate to say a little, I'm half German, half Bohemian, and I guess that makes a really, really crazy uh, uh, concoction of a person. But uh, I... <laughs> I'm very stubborn, and I like things a certain way. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just found myself wanting something more. I didn't even know what that was. But uh, eventually something happened uh, with that brokerage that just caused me to go, I've had enough of this, and I'm going to go get my broker's license. So you need a, at the time, you needed two years and, and so many so many transactions under your belt mm-hmm. to, be, to be able to go get additional education and to pass another test and uh, become a broker. And I did it and I uh, waited for the right opportunity and um, just left. So I really did not intend to uh, have a big competing brokerage in town. It was uh, more just to be my own person. Nice. So when when you are a broker or an agent, do you have to do continuing education to keep up with all of the latest yes. like laws and taxes yep. and we, we all of those things? Um, yeah, so we're required uh, um, uh, to renew your license every two years. And so every year you have uh, roughly 15 hours of continuing education okay. uh, that has to take place uh, by June 30th every year. <clears throat> and uh, uh, it's... Uh, it's very well run. Our uh, industry is. Uh, we're governed by the Commerce Department okay. of the state of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So, right. what? Um, tell us your favorite or the funniest story that you have of being a real estate agent. There has to be something that sticks out in your mind as <laughs> oh, like my the the most hilarious. Uh, you know, that's a tough mm-hmm. one because there are so many stories you would not believe, <laughs> believe <it. laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, gosh, I don't know. I did have, unfortunately, uh, very tragically in my very first listing, uh, somebody had passed away in oh. my listing. Uh, this person actually, uh, unfortunately took their own life. Oh, no. Um, in the house that you were trying to sell? Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. That can make selling a house very difficult. Right. Uh, let's just say it was, uh, for someone who didn't really know what they were doing at the time, it mm-hmm. was a very uh, interesting experience. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the end, uh, the, the company that I was working for handled it all very well. And, uh, uh, just a tragic, uh, situation for, uh, the person obviously, but, um, if that didn't make you want to leave the business right, right there, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure what uh, what would. But. Do you suppose that's why they handed you the listing? Let's see how he does with yeah. this one. And then, <laughs> All right, kid, let's see what, we, yeah, what you got. Yeah, show us what you got. <laughs> it was a very unique experience. But, yes, there's been lots of uh, lots of things, good and bad. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's uh, the relationship that you create with every new mm-hmm. um uh, buyer or seller that's out there. I, I'm a people person. I love people. I, I you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just fun. Um, every new person that you meet has something to, that you can take away from, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that you learn from them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why ever since I was a little boy, I've enjoyed, uh, people and, um, uh, I grew up in Highland park and my parents, <clears throat> you know, Highland park had blocks with alleys, between them and uh i'd go get on my bike and go several blocks away and 
um, you know, my mom and dad would go for a walk that night, and th- they'd be two blocks away, and they'd say, oh, you know, they'd run into somebody, and they'd say, oh, you're Peter's parents. <laughs> <laughs> you're just so social. <laughs> so <laughs> like yeah. <me. laughs> I I always had that uh, little social piece to me. I don't know why. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just was. How is the market right now in Northfield? Um, the market is incredible right now. Um, you know, it, it's a complicated marketplace. We have uh, the least amount of uh, inventory we've ever seen in our marketplace, not just in Northfield, but around the state of Minnesota and around the country. And, of course, with incredibly low interest rates that we're seeing right now in the low inventory across the country, we have high demand, lots of buyers, and uh, it's it's just creating a very, very unique marketplace from that perspective. Do you I, – I fully understand that there's a housing shortage, not just in Northfield, but across the country. What What do we attribute that to? I mean, it feels like it just sort of materialized out of thin air to me. Well, Rich, actually, um, it does feel that way, but it's been uh, kind of coming for quite quite some time. We've been seeing declining inventories for about five years. Really, you know, every every year, you know, about winter time, uh, you know, call it uh, November, December, in that uh, time frame is when things tend to slow down a little bit, and so we kind of look at the inventory at the time and go, oh gosh, you know, this is getting to be a low number, and and just for the last five years, it's 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 been less and less and less. And there's a lot of things that contribute to that. Uh, our largest uh, uh, market uh, or class of buyers in the future are people that will be retiring. Mm-hmm. Well, we have no inventory for those retirees, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of a perfect storm of all these things. When you consider that there's no, no inventory for a retiree, so you take somebody that's lived in a home for 30 years or 40 years, and uh, probably paid for their home already, they want to downsize, right? They want to have life a little easier, maybe somewhere that uh, cuts the grass and, and shovels the driveway for them, or maybe they're a snowbird. Right. Well, so they have the idea after working their whole life that they're going to um, completely downsize and maybe save some money and move out to this other property I just described. But guess what? It doesn't exist, and if it does, it's more money than what they can sell their house for. Mm-hmm. So it causes those people to stay in their home longer, okay? Yeah. That's that's kind of one part of the perfect storm. Then when you start uh, mixing in the other uh, people in the buyer pool, the first-time home buyers, as an example, some of them are waiting longer, so they're renting first, um, and they're waiting a little bit longer before they go out and buy a home, and that changes every year, and it has a lot to do with affordability index. But all of these things, when you, you wrap it all together, have created this perfect storm. And I hear a lot of people right now saying, well, goodness, uh, we want to sell high and buy low. <laughs> That's is, the dream. <laughs> which is a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful thought, but it's all relative, okay? So if you sell your home right now, Yes, it's true. You're probably going to pay more for the one you're buying. But with the interest rates extremely low that they are, it's all relative. If, if uh, the marketplace were to make a strong correction in the opposite direction, your home is going to be worth a lot less and you're probably going to pay less for the home that you're, you're moving to. So I always try and educate folks. And, and that's the part that's exciting to me about this business um, I don't know if it's an industry thing or not, but for a long time, we as an industry, I think, uh, um, 
I don't know if that's fair or not to say, but kind of created a smoke and mirrors kind of situation. And to, to me, I think educating the consumer is the best thing that we can do for people. So I want to give people good information to make a good decision by. Mm-hmm. And I think with buying a home, I mean, that's that's like the, probably the biggest purchase of, of somebody's life. It is. And there's just so much involved in that. And and to a normal non-realtor person, it's very confusing. And just having somebody there that can educate you and kind of guide you through those steps is priceless. It, it is. And, and complicating things today uh, are the simple fact that... Um, we have a lot of information on the internet. Mm-hmm. And so the consumer feels, you know, empowered by the information they have, but really it's only confused um, most of uh, most of the process. And, and that's what having a good realtor does is provide the right information for people to make those good decisions by. Because I imagine that each state has different rules and then each county probably has different rules and then each city within the county so there's all of these layers there of, is, yeah. of i don't know, rules and regulations right. if you will right. so that that would be where i would think that you would want a professional on your team it's it's awfully important i mean anybody could stick a sign in their yard right now and say hey i want to sell a home for sale by owner but they don't understand what they're actually putting at risk for themselves by doing that It'd be very easy to, you can write a purchase agreement on a napkin and that would be legal, okay? But the disclosure laws, as an example, each person is on the hook for two years from the day to close for disclosing information about their home. So <laughs> there's, there's a lot of complicated legal things that people don't understand. They just think that realtors are out there helping them find a home or you know, advertising to their to their fellow cronies about, you know, hey, help me sell this home or buy this home. Um, it's 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 that's a very small, minuscule part of what we do or what a good professional agent will do for you. Right. <laughs> I'm looking at Rich. Looking Scott, at any more questions? <laughs> well, you know, Pete, you and I, Pete, you and I had a, had a good chat uh, a couple of weeks ago, and. Um, we got onto the topic of working and living in Northfield and how this town, I mean, you and I both have some pretty strong, Lisa obviously does too. We have some pretty strong emotions when it comes to this town. Talk a little bit, if you don't mind, a little bit about um, how you feel like your company fits into this town, into Northfield itself. Well, I think for me to break things down, I grew up um, uh, in a suburb of St. Paul and, uh, uh, my wife and I moved south uh, several times uh, over our, our young life and um, never felt a part of something special, you know, and nothing against the towns we lived in. We lived in Rosemont for a while. We lived in Farmington for a while. Um, and when we found ourselves in Northfield, we just felt this uh, incredible source of community here. I, I mean, I just, uh, to me, it was... Um, very fairy tale like yeah. to be quite yeah. sincere and so um you know who who doesn't fall in love with our downtown just right. just going through it mm-hmm. uh who doesn't fall in love with the river going through our town mm-hmm. um and then for me i'm a, a, a big outdoors person mm-hmm. and so you know i look at the incredible countryside that we have surrounding our town with the bluffs and the the uh, prairie and the farmland that we have 
we have something very special here. It's a it's a very unique, very diverse group of people that live in our town with the two colleges that we have here as well. And for me, um, being a part of a community is what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And so owning a business here in this town and being able to give back in a lot of different ways or be a part of it, which I have very enjoy, very much enjoyed uh, working with Lisa and the chamber to, to be a part of that. That's what it means to me to, to live and work in the town that I'm raising my children in and be a part of a community that I never had until we moved down right. here. Right. Being very invested in it. It's, it's just fun. I, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, I, I, I'm proud of uh, my company and I'm proud that uh, the money on the bottom line, I can choose that, oh, I want to go sponsor this or I want to be a part of it because that's yeah. my way of being able to give back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be, uh, you know, keeping that for myself. But, sure. I, I, you know, my investment is in the town that I live in. I so. love the coloring contest that you do each year at our home and garden show. It's a ton of fun. Um you know, we do, um, uh, I have to think of what, what, what we call it, uh, Heroes for Education. Yes. And uh, so, again, trying to do something good for the wonderful teachers in our, our school district here. Um, you know, so we had the kids kindergarten through fifth grade draw their teacher in a, in a, uh, a school setting. And then they um, actually draw and color it and submit it to our company and then at the home and garden show rather than us <clears throat> trying to sell real estate at the home and garden show all we typically do is uh, have people vote on the coloring That's contest <laughs> and then awesome. we give 500 bucks to that child's classroom hey. that, that gets the most votes so That's fantastic um it, it's just it's those are the things that are fun for me um yeah. Uh, as as you know, I'm also the head coach of the Northfield Raiders trap shooting team. Just about yes. to ask you about that. And so for me to own my own business and to to you know be able to take time to do other things like that uh, are so much fun for me. Right. I, I just love my love what I do. You just got back from nationals. We did. How, yep. uh, how'd it go? Uh, we had seven kids uh, out in Mason, Michigan. Um, at the national trap shooting, there were 32 states of high school kids. Wow. Um, so they take uh, the top uh, 1,800 um, uh, athletes from across the country. You get invited by your, your, your season average. And so we brought a team, and then the team can also shoot as individuals. We did not shoot that well as a team, well. um, uh, which is okay. It's a very big stage. Um, but then as individuals, we had two kids that did uh, very well. They, they uh, qualified to shoot in the finals. Uh, okay. One of those happened to be my son, uh, Patrick, and oh, the nice. other was uh, Quinn Ertz. Okay. Um, uh, both uh, um, sophomores going to be juniors this next year. Very so the, cool. So the future is bright then for the Northfield Trap Shooting Team. It's really bright. We have a great group of kids uh, across the spectrum. Uh, there's uh, several, um, you know, they can compete from 6th grade to 12th grade. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of pockets of kids all all the way from 6th grade yeah. up to 12th grade. Yeah. And that's the fun part uh, of watching these uh, boys and girls uh, mature in the sport. That's great. 
that's yeah. great. We don't call it the trap shooting team, though, do we? We call it the clay target clay team. target the team. Clay yes. target yes. team. Yes. Yes. We have to be politically correct. <laughs> so. like, don't want shooting in the <laughs> exactly. name. Yeah. Well, you know, for <laughs> obvious reasons. Yes. Uh, well, for for it's important to know this, uh, and I uh, forgive me uh, for maybe misquoting the stat, but I don't. It's millions of targets have been uh, broken. In eight years that the league's been in existence, it's the safest sport of any kind in the country. No one's pulled so, a hamstring. Yeah, no, no, one's, <laughs> no one's pulled a hamstring, no concussions, and That's thankfully uh, it's, it's very safe. It's everything that we talk about uh, before and uh, after all of our events. We talk safety. All the kids have to go through gun safety, which I yep. think is a tremendous, mm-hmm. tremendous uh, good thing for our communities. Right. Uh, Instead of uh, trying to, um, without scaring people, um, you know, educating yeah, is absolutely. the number one. Mm-hmm. It's true absolutely. for everything. 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 Yeah. No I question. Agree. No question. So, very proud. We have uh, one of the largest programs in the state here at Northfield High School. Yeah, you tell me that you, there's a ridiculous number of kids that are out for. Uh, uh, we typically have 100 kids on our team. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah, wow. that's great. Yeah, it's it's incredible. With COVID, uh, the COVID uh, shortened year, so we lost uh, really two groups of seniors ultimately. Um, and so we were down to, um, I think we had 76 kids this year. <laughs> and we were still one of the top six or seven sized schools in the, yeah. in the uh, yeah. state. Well, that's oh tremendous. Oh, my goodness. That's so, great. Well, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really cool. Congratulations all the way around. We're... Uh, we're uh, Happy to have uh, professional pride realty in this town, Pete. We are. And thank you for well, everything I you do. Appreciate that. And yeah. you have been a tremendous sponsor of chamber events, and just a really good friend and confidant of me. And I appreciate that. Well, like, thank you. I often call Pete, or I I text him. I have questions about this, that, or the other, and <laughs> and then we just banter back and forth, kind of like you and I, Rich. Do you, do you guys gossip the way Lisa and I gossip? Oh, I'm sure we do. <laughs> <A little bit. laughs> okay, Maybe good. not to the extent that you and I gossip. You, well, you and I get, yeah. get down and dirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, speaking of the chamber, uh, is there anything going on this week that you might want to mention? Hmm. Is it, does the chamber have any events happening does this week? Does the chamber have any events? Yes, we do. Thursday is crazy days. We're getting crazy <laughs> on Thursday, 7 a.m. Um, to 7 p.m. Lots of wonderful uh, discounts. Um, and games and activities all downtown. Downtown will be closed off. Um, And so just come downtown, support your local retailers and restaurants, and have a good time. I don't know how I'm going to get anything done, any work done at all on Thursday when all of that is happening right outside my front door. Yeah, yeah. you won't. You won't be able to do anything. You're just going to be people watching all day. There will be no news report on Friday, folks. (laughs) (laughs) The news will be, I just sat here and watched Crazy Days all day. It was Crazy Days. (laughs) I'm Rich Larson. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. All right. Yes, and then I just wanted to quickly mention um, our leadership program mm-hmm. that we are starting um, this fall. We are still accepting applications for that, and we um, have extended that deadline into August. So if you have team members or you yourself would like to be part of that program, give me a call at the chamber or send me an email, and um, and I'll make that happen for you. And when does that program begin? September 15th. All right. 
Cool. Yeah, it's right. going to be a good one. Well, at least I got to pl- apologize to you. I promised you a, uh, a, a an outro kind of a thing, and I don't have it for you this <gasps> month. We will have it for you next dun, next, dun, uh, dun. next month. Though. That's so, okay. We're just going to say thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Pete. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. And come out to Crazy Days on Thursday. All right. All right. Thanks. You're listening to 95.1 KYMN, The One. Check out KYMNradio.net for show archives. Listen to your favorite shows from your computer or download the podcasts and listen to KYMN anywhere, anytime. for listening to this KYMN radio podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it interesting, consider leaving us a review and sharing this podcast on social media. You can find more podcasts like it on our website, kymnradio.net, or wherever you get your podcasts, simply by searching the KYMN radio podcast. And of course, you can listen to us live on 95.1 FM, 1080 AM, and on our website. KYMN is your home for real radio, true variety, 